the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every Christian's desire should be to live a life that is pleasing before God. Listen in today as Pastor Draper speaks to us about living to please God. Pastor Draper will be speaking from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the first verse. God wants to be front and center, and he wants you to put self on the shelf and keep it on the shelf because self has a tremendous way of getting in God's way. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31 says. You can just jot it down. I'll read it for you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, it says, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love these three words. I die daily. That is awesome. If you found it, if you're already on there, you can underline that. That is one of the most powerful scriptures right there. You say, I die daily. I say, I die daily. Say it a little bit louder. Every day you get up looking to Jesus, a little bit of yourself ought to be dying. A little bit of yourself, a little bit of your mouth ought to be dying. A little bit of your ears hearing the wrong stuff ought to be dying. Where your foot, your feet are walking to ought to be dying. Ought to be dying to self. And that's the hardest part to deal with is self. I am crucified in, in Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ lives in me, dying to self. I ain't going to do that. Well, you, yourself in the way. Why we got to do that? That's self. I don't feel like going, I'm sleepy. Self, this bed show good on Sunday morning. That's self. I'm tired. I'm self. You go to work, tired. You go to work, tired. Come on here, tired. And the spirit of God will energize you. You ever came here sick and God got a hold of you? You ever came here with the wrong mindset and all of a sudden God transformed your mindset? When you're out of order, the house of God, the people of God, most of all the word of God will, will put you in order. Change your perspective. Number three, what does God require of a living sacrifice? It is impossible to be a living sacrifice apart from the Holy Spirit's enablement. It is impossible to be a living sacrifice apart from the Holy Spirit's enablement. In other words, the Spirit of God helps us to uh, surrender our will to Christ. Apart from the Holy Spirit's help, listen, your will can become so stubborn. If I really ask you, some of y'all might be transparent enough to, to own up to it. How many of you all have a stubborn will? Thank y'all for your transparency. A stubborn will. And you know you're stubborn. Amen. And they're stubborn. How many of you got stubborn habits? And on and on and on. And listen, the only way you can't, you can't break your will. You cannot break your habits. You can't even break that mouth talking too much apart from the help of the Holy Ghost. 
You need the Holy Ghost to help that mouth. Yes, you do too. You, you need the Holy That attitude is so bad and it's been bad so long, you can't say, well, today I'm going to have a good attitude. You're just talking crazy. I'm going to have a good I laugh. devil laughing at you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's too ingrained in you. That has become who you are. So, so apart from the Holy Ghost digging that stuff up and churning, man, you, you can't help yourself without the help of the Holy Ghost. You cannot do it. Uh, the Holy Ghost even helps us in our weaknesses. I love what uh, Romans chapter 8 uh, verse 26a says, Romans chapter 8, verse 26a, the first clause says, likewise, the spirit of God also helps in our weaknesses. I've got weaknesses. You've got weaknesses. Every one of us in this room, we have weaknesses. Whether we know what your weakness is or not, you have them. You can play games and pretend you don't. We do. And you can't, and Satan will exploit your weaknesses apart from the Holy Ghost help. Help. He will exploit those because that's why God wants you to deal with it and confront the issues of your weaknesses so that you'll grow out of it so that you can be the mighty man and mighty woman of God to the glory of God. Many of you have a power shortage because you refuse to surrender your life to the control of the Holy Ghost. The only way to defeat the flesh, the only way you're going to defeat temptations, how many of you attempted? All of us. How many of you get attacked by the enemy, that devil? The only way you're going to uh, defeat the flesh, temptations, and the devil is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit's enablement. Number four, it is impossible to be a living sacrifice apart from reading and living out the word of God. It is impossible to be a living sacrifice apart from reading and living out the word of God. Apart from the word, you can do nothing. Uh, you need the word of God. I love what Psalms 119 verses 12 through 16 says. 97, tag that on too. It says, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. That's the word. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate. Ha. Huh your ways. Verse 16, I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I love that part. I will not forget your word. Verse 97 of Psalms 119. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. The word of God helps you to know God. You cannot know, you can't know God apart from the word. No other book can tell you about God like God, like the word of God. The word of God tells you about his will for our lives. It provides a tremendous source of strength. The word of God provides comfort. The word of God provides an assurance. The word of God brings forth hope in the midst of despair. The word of God brings joy. The word of God brings peace. And the word of God helps us to endure When there is a severe deficiency of the word in our lives, it results in our being weak and frail. A deficiency of the word causes us to become fragile and misdirected. A deficiency of the word of God causes us to be confused and unstable. I mean, I've never seen so many confused saints, 
un, you're confused if you think you're going to sin and get away with it. You're confused. That's right. You're confused if you think your sins are not going to find you out. You're confused. And so many in the church are unstable, unstable mothers, unstable fathers, unstable relationships, two-sided relationships. Without the word, you will experience more depression. The word of God is the best antidote against depression. Without the word, your spirit will be more disturbed. I guarantee you're going to be more disturbed. But when, when disturbing things happen or come into your life with the word of God, you will not stay disturbed. The word of God helps you to get over your disturbance. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, all of us get disturbed. You're lying if you said you don't ever get disturbed. Nothing disturbed me. Something ought to disturb you. But you know what? You get over it sooner when the word of God is resident and live in your life. Apart from the word of God, you're miserable because the word of God brings life. Number five, if you're going to be a living sacrifice, you must possess a life of worship. Say worship. Worship is so uh, uh, vital. A living offering. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, a living offering. And if you are a living offering, then you are engaged in a life of worship. Genuine worship is not restricted to what you do in church on Sunday. You don't have, you, you can't genuinely worship. You're not worshiping God if you only can get your worship on when you crack those doors. You got a sad case of worship idols or something. You, you, listen, you can't, I don't wait till Sunday to get happy. I can get happy in the shower. I worship God in the car, get so happy, I got to look and see, see, they think I'm crazy in this car. A life of worship. I worship God in the kitchen. I worship God when I'm shaving. I worship God when I'm fixing myself up. I fix myself up better because I'm worshiping. Amen. It is a life of worship. It is a lifestyle of worship. Listen, we worship God as we daily yield our lives as a living offering to him. That's a big profound thought. We worship God as we what? Daily. Say daily. We worship God as we daily yield our lives as a living offering to him. Every day you are a living offering. I love what John, the gospel of John chapter 4 verse 24 says. It says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. And that's why some of you can, can't worship in here because you haven't worshiped at home. And you bring those sourpuss attitudes in the church. I ain't getting nothing. You didn't come with nothing. Amen. <laughs> what did you bring? What did you bring? You selfish anyhow. You don't come to church just to get. You also come to church to give. What have you given? Beside a word of criticism or negative thought or all those things you shouldn't be or looking at stuff you ought not be looking at. Now, worship is so vital. 
in the lives of his children. As a matter of fact, we were created to worship God. We were created to worship. And if people don't worship Jesus Christ, they're going to worship something because we are born with a empty vacuum that's going to be filled with something if it's not filled with Jehovah God. That's an awesome thought. That's a staggering thought. We were created for worship. And if we don't worship the Lord, we're going to worship something. You worship the television. You worship yourself. You worship money. You worship people, stars, American idols, everything. You just worship stuff. Worship stuff. And so worship is vital. We were created to worship. Unfortunately, what grieves my heart is that those who worship other gods often possess a deeper worship experience of their God than we do Jesus. Now, that's a profound thought. Did you get that? I mean, they worship God in a profound way. Their God. I never forget my first trip to India a few years ago. We were coming back. It's a long flight. My wife and I. And they had this Hindu woman. She just got up and she just walked all. Well, here we are, 35,000 feet on this great big airplane. And she's going to walk up and down the aisle just chatting her Hindu chants to her many gods. That's a polytheistic society. Everything God over there. You can't even eat cows and I, because that's God. Your steak and McDonald's and all that go out the window. But they don't. You, I go to McDonald's over there. Ain't no beef on it. It's, it's anything but beef. Because cows are walking all around. They dying and starving. Can't eat a cow because that's God. Everything God. Everything God. And uh, this woman was church. And she was going. I mean, she was like going. And I was trying to. I said, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, whom I am covered by set that woman down. You know God set her down? Tell me God denounced her. He set her down. And I didn't have to do it. The Holy Ghost overruled her chanting and wore her legs out and say, go take a break. But there's a point I'm trying to make. She wasn't ashamed to walk up and down that aisle chanting in front of all those folk on that plane. And you scared to open your Bible because somebody's going to glance and see it. Bless your food. Jesus wept. Somebody might look at you and notice you. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone that what? Believe to the Jew first and also the Greek. I wouldn't be ashamed of the God who saved me. I am what I am. By the grace of God. <laughs> Y'all shame. I was over in Egypt, my wife and I, and here they call. They got all these call of prayers. But four or five times a day, all the night, the things that's loud over these speakers. Everybody, here they go, all down. Listen, they, in the, they come out their businesses or they stretch out on the floor and they suit and they prostrate. They're all down here. And they down. And they stay down there doing that whole prayer time. We in church and you physically able and can't even get on your knees. You struggle. Or you so out of shape you can't. 
Now, I'm not talking about you who had knee surgery and you who had arthritis and you who are seniors. I'm not talking about you. So don't get, don't get mad on me. If you're not able, you're not able. So I'm not talking about you. But the rest of y'all, y'all able. In prayer meeting these last recent weeks, we've been on our knees so much, we need knee pads. And some of y'all even come to prayer meeting to know we're on our knees. They stretch all out. Ain't a shame. And they exemplify more worship to false deities than we do the great God of glory. What is worship? What is, let me define worship for you. Here's my definition. You need to write it down. It may disappear before I finish. <laughs> I hope you got great memories. Uh, I'll go, go for it. Uh, worship is when the spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship is when the what? The spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my inner relationship with God. Let me just reiterate that portion first. Worship is when the spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my inner relationship with God. Now, now listen to this. It is a sacred and holy communion with God that transcends normal human activities as I intensely engage in giving the Lord praise, adoration, reverence, and honor. I'll reiterate it because I know you're still writing. He said, please say it again because I'm writing and don't let it go right now. I won't. Worship is when the spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my what? Inner relationship with God. It is a sacred and holy communion with God that transcends normal human activity as I engage in giving the Lord praise, adoration, reverence, and honor. In other words, worship not only blesses God, worship blesses me. Worship just doesn't bless God. Ultimately, that's who we want to bless. But, but you get blessed because you worship. I mean, when you worship, it gives you an attitude adjustment. When you worship, you gain a kingdom perspective. (laughs) When you worship, you worry less. When you worship, you don't get so easily bent out of shape with a chip on your shoulder. When you worship God, you're sweeter to your wife, husbands, and you're sweeter to your husband's wives. When you worship, you are a greater blessing to your children, parents, and vice versa, children. So worship is vital. You can't do without worship. And some of y'all really not worshiping because you're allowing the mundane, fleeting, passing things of this world 
to be an insufficient uh, worship experience, such as television. Some of y'all spend more time with television than God. You go to sleep on it. Uh Uh-huh. Worship. Tonight, we're going to have communion. We're going to be praying for folk who want to be delivered. We're going to be dealing with folk who need jobs. We're going to be commissioning folk in the ministry. And we're going to be all these challenged folk who got problems. They're going to be coming up here by thrones tonight. Seek ye first the kingdom. Y'all say, oh, pastor, that my game go. Oh, no, no, that's why you got technology. Go and set the DVD, the thing, VCR, whatever you got. You got it in there. Set it. You know how to make it. You know how to match those buttons. You've been worshiping it all along anyhow. Just go and mash it. And don't let nobody tell you what the score is. But I wouldn't let. Oh, let me ask you a question. I've done this before. Who played last year? I want you, if anybody, you stand up here and I'll sit down. Who can tell me who played last year, who was the most valuable player, and what was the score? How many of you can tell me that? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. You even, some of y'all don't even remember where the game was played. What does it matter? Okay, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Make me eat my words. Whoa. I sat down, but I got up. (laughs) Now, I want you to stand up. And can you quote the scripture memory verse? (laughs) Hebrews 11.6 from last month. No, you don't have to do that. Come back. So, so, but what I'm saying now, he, he, but he was one out of so many. And if we ever add a footnote to that, I wonder why we can know that. And then we struggle so with scripture memory. See, why? So, so worship is so critical. So, so we got to be intensely engaged It transcends human activity through the glory of God. Number six, praying must be a way of life if one is to be a living sacrifice. Praying must be a what? Way of life if one is to be a living what? Sacrifice. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Okay? Prayer keeps me dependent upon God and intimate with God. That's what prayer does. And when we're not praying, then we're saying, I know what I'm doing. And the fact of the matter is we don't. Prayer keeps us dependent on God, intimate with God, which helps us to be the kind of sacrifice that God is calling us to be. Number seven, revival is the key to sacrificial living. Revival is the what? To sacrificial living. Psalms 85, 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? You see, revival keeps me from becoming a dry, stale, and tainted offering before God. 
Revival keeps me from becoming a dry, stale, and tainted offering before God. Beloved, the key to sacrificial living is to fall in love with Jesus all over again, which ushers in a spirit of revival. God doesn't want you dry and stale. God wants the wind of the Holy Ghost blowing into your life out the stillness so that you can be fresh for the purposes of God. Now, let me get, let me give you now the evidence of a sacrificial life. Let me, let me allow me now to give you the evidence of a sacrificial life. There's an evidence. This is how you can know if you are a sacrificial offering. The evidence of a sacrificial life. Number one, I'm growing in Christ. That's evidence of a sacrificial life. If you're not growing, then you're not a living offering. Second Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Babies are selfish by nature. That's why we don't want a lot of spiritual babies. Spiritual babies fight over seats and spots and car spaces and my name wasn't called and why this and why that. But when you grow up, that stuff take on, that means nothing to you. That's why it's but grow. In the grace and knowledge of God. When you're growing, that's evidence that you are a sacrificial offering. What does it profit you to say you've been saved for how many years and yet not growing in the word? You're not growing in wisdom and grace and knowledge. You're not growing in your love for people. You still struggle with difficult people that you don't like. You're not growing in your patience or your intimacy with Jesus Christ. But when you're growing in Christ, you also grow in the word and wisdom and grace and knowledge, love, patience, intimacy. Uh, number two, I'm passionate for Christ. That's another evidence of a sacrificial life. Are you passionate? Say passionate. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. Just jot it down. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. When we are passionate for Christ, we will have a burning desire to please and be used by God however he so chooses. When we are passionate for Christ, we will have a burning desire to what? Please, to be, to please and be used by God however he so chooses. I love him so much. My love for God stimulates my passion for God because I love him. He, he puts passion in me. My love drives my passion. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.